Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. Welcome into the Dynasty Nerds Podcast. I am Garrett Price, and uh, I'm also a big fat liar because I told you guys last week that we would be back with Rich Dotson, Matt O'Hara, and Jared Wackerly, and uh, two of those guys are not here again. But Matt and I are back. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I just have one thing to say. I wish you weren't a liar. I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm a bad person. I'm a bad person. And uh, I feel bad for lying to uh, all the faithful nerd herd listeners. And uh, I've probably lost their trust now. So I'm going to have to work you have some, hard to get it back. You have some real soul searching to do. That is for sure. Yeah. Well, as I start soul searching, why don't you guys think about prize picks, prize picks, is one of our favorite places right now. You get on there, hop on, use promo code NERDS. You will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You're like, well, what am I putting that $100 in for? It's the best place to play your player props. We've been talking about different futures uh, props that we could look at, overs and unders for yardage, touchdowns, different things like that. That's what you get to do over at prizepicks.com. It's an awesome app, one of the highest rated apps, 4.8 stars. So, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Uh, And you can make all of your entries in 60 seconds or less and safe and fast withdrawals. Everything you want over at prizepicks.com. Once again, use the promo code NERDS and you'll receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Now, Matt, we today are looking at some diamonds in the rough. Guys at ADP of 150 or lower, and by lower, I mean like 180, 190, not like... A higher number drafted later than than 150. Yes. Uh, So we each got three guys that we're going to talk about that. Look, we are not guaranteeing that these guys are going to hit. These are shots in the dark at players that, we think are probably worth a little bit more than where they're being drafted at. But anything after round like seven, honestly, is really mm-hmm. just you're hoping for upside, but there's a lot of risk involved. So all of these players have their warts, but there's some things that make them particularly intriguing to us. So Matt, why don't you give us your first guy after an ADP of 150 that you like? All right. So my very first guy, and I'm working off of... um we're working off sleepers ADP right now. Correct. Super flex um, ADP after 150. And I actually didn't have the 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 spreadsheet that you had. So correct some of my stuff if I'm a little bit off. I just went right off their sure. website. Um so I, right now I've got James Washington. He had a ADP on sleeper of 260 going off the board at wide receiver 104. Um and 20, he's only 26 years old. He's a former second round draft pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was 60th overall. Um, and his thing really in college, um, when we reviewed his tape, he was a, he was a nice down the field threat. I, and I thought he was good with the ball in his hand as well, but it really was, he was a field stretcher. He, he was right around 20 yards per catch um, as far as his average in college. And I think when they drafted him, he seemed like a good fit with big Ben. Cause at the time, Ben was still able to chuck the ball downfield. And we kind of knew there were some guys in front of him that were 
either aging themselves off the roster or we're going to be coming up for contracts in the names of uh, Antonio Brown and Juju Juju Smith Schuster. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was one of those. It was one of those things that the typical Steeler way is to kind of just draft another wide receiver, and those it kind of they push the line moving. The young guys, they, yeah, they, they the young guys push the old, older guys off, and they don't really have to, ever have to pay those guys. And it it seemed good, it, it, except when you dig into the numbers a little bit. Obviously, his first year he didn't get used that much. He only had. 38 targets, 16 receptions, 217 yards. So that was the first year with big in 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 the Steelers with Big Ben kind of still healthy. I mean, in a decline, but still fully healthy as far as we know. Um, and obviously he didn't get used much because of the you know the, the players I just mentioned, the, uh, Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. That was Juju Smith-Schuster's big year: 166 targets, um, 111 receptions. 1,426 yards and seven touchdowns. Also to go along with that, Antonio Brown had 168 targets. So there were just, you know, weren't a lot to go 104, 104 receptions, 1,297 yards and 15 touchdowns. There just wasn't a whole heck of a lot else to go around. So fast forwarded to the next season, Antonio Brown's off the team now. And this is the season when Big Ben gets injured two games into the season. This happens to be James Washington's very best year. And so it's somebody other than Big Ben throwing in the ball. It's his college quarterback for the most part throwing in the ball. And he actually led the team in receiving yards. It was only 735, but for how much of a mess they were that year, that's I'm going to give it a little bit of a boost in my mind. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's 735 yards. And then obviously 2020 and 2021 is when Ben came back from the elbow injury, wasn't the same guy. His his, you know, his yards per attempt went way down. He ended up being, I think, 32nd and 30th in um, average air yards per target. And he was, he was down right around three. I think he dipped below th- um, three yards per target uh, last year, and he was just slightly above it um, in 2021. So it just wasn't a very good fit for him. And, and now that he's obviously uh, – James Washington has hit free agency. He's moved on. He's gone to the Cowboys. A lot of people are kind of on the Jalen Tolbert thing, and obviously Michael Gallup got paid, and he's eventually going to be back. That was a late season injury, and I don't think he had he had his surgery in February, so he's going to be really up against it to, you know, hit that nine month mark by the time end of September maybe or October. So James Washington has all of training camp, and you know the the first few games of the season to kind of establish himself as somebody in this in this Cowboys offense as the number two option from a wide receiver standpoint. So I, I do like the the fit there, and obviously Dak is a, a really good downfield passer compared to um, Big Ben. Everyone is, but he ranked seventh last year in air yards per attempt. So he's all the way on the other side of the list compared to Big Ben. And he's also seventh in deep ball passes thrown with 76. So there's just a lot there to look at and digest and, and think, hey, if, if Gallup doesn't start the year uh, you know, in the starting lineup, which I, I don't think is a realistic possibility. And, from and what from I've all, heard, it's, they're looking at like November. Is what right, at, right. So. From all reports, I think the optimistic reports are, you know, end of September, October. I think the more realistic ones are probably end of October, like you were saying. So it's um, he's going to have a good amount of time, I think, to establish himself with Dak, and um, that's that's why I like him. And coming off the board right now at 
wide receiver 104, that is a huge value, especially in that high-powered offense. You know they're going to want to throw the ball around. And when I went in the trade finder, it just verified it even more. He's going for fourth-round draft picks, a fourth and a fifth. I think there might have been one that was a third and a fourth, which, I mean, that's that you're taking a shot on a guy. I can That one almost feels good for him. Right. But some of these other ones, Samaj P. Ryan and Sterling Shepard for, for him, I mean, these are all just like throwaway guys and throwaway picks for a player that I think could surprise some people this year. And that's that's why I picked him as my guy that that I really do think is is on the right trajectory and could could outperform a lot of people's expectations this year. Yeah, I, I like James Washington. That was one of the guys that I had considered putting uh, on my list as well, partly because of the early playing time that he would get. Uh, he's always been, you know, a little bit more of a, a contested catch guy, despite not having like this huge frame compared to like what you would traditionally think of. Uh, but we know mm -hmm. that that Dak is willing to sling it. Uh, and so I think it's a good offense for him. Uh, I think it's a good opportunity for him as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, I think he's got a shot to earn that number two spot early. And then you never know what's going to happen from there. I think Jalen Tolbert, I, I like Tolbert. Um, I liked him as a rookie. Uh, but at the same time, you just never know how these things are going to play out. There's plenty of times where somebody else steps up and, you know, that rookie never really gets their shot and then they move on kind of like what happened to James Washington, you know, a few right. years back when he was in Pittsburgh. So uh, if, if I'm taking, you know, just one of these late round flyer guys, James Washington is, is absolutely on my list as well. Uh, top guy on my list. This is the, the one that I kind of like, circled and put some hearts next to it and you know the different <laughs> things like that uh kenneth gainwell uh i remember last Ooh. year we were talking a lot about these these rookies and kenneth, kenneth gainwell was one of the guys that i really really liked quite a bit i was convinced that he was going to be a day two pick well he wasn't a day two pick he ended up falling to day three uh and and i remember being pretty disappointed about it but he ended up going to philadelphia and last season was a really interesting year now we know that 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 team tends to use, I, I want to say running back by committee, but I don't even know if that's true. It's just kind <laughs> of like whatever they feel like that day, like you're going to be the guy. Now you're going to be the guy. Now you're going to be the guy. Yeah. Like It's, it's, it's a, a weird backfield. However, if there's somebody that could potentially take the reins here, I think it could be Kenneth Gainwell. Here's why. Last season, Kenneth Gainwell. Oh, I don't know if I mentioned his ADP. ADP of 172, uh, and that's running back 54 off the board. So in terms of running backs, that's pretty low, and you're getting him, for me, at a pretty good discount uh, because as far as backup running go backs go, I think he's one of the better ones in the league. Last year, he was seventh in fantasy points per opportunity. So we're talking about when he touched the football, he was one of the top 12 guys, one of these RB1s at scoring points. In the receiving game, he was sixth in yards per route run. So when they threw him the ball, he was getting yardage. He was making things happen. And I think this was the thing that put it over the top for me. In his double-digit opportunity games, so he had six of those last year. And when I say opportunities, what I'm saying is double digits in in uh, targets and carries combined. So that would be what I mean when I say double-digit opportunity games. He had six of those last year. In those six games, he averaged 15 points per game. And 
even with those opportunities, it wasn't like he had like a couple of the 20, you know, opportunities and, you know, he had 15 carries and, you know, eight targets or things like that. No, most of these were around 12, 13, 14. That's where most of these were. So in those games where he got that, he had 15 points per game. So he was really efficient. He was really productive when he got the opportunity and there's nothing established there right now. There's a chance that he could establish himself as the guy. I still think there'll be somewhat a running back by committee just because that's the nature of the Eagles, it seems like. Uh, but I think he could become the lead back for this offense. Matt, what do you think about that? I am not ready to throw the towel in on Miles Sanders personally. Yeah. Um so I, I mean I still have high hopes for him. I do understand. I'm looking, I'm staring right at their stats, and obviously, um, you know, Gainwell out targeted uh Miles Sanders and and got more receptions and more more receiving yards. But you know, Miles Sanders does have he was more efficient. He did get um five and a half yards of carry um versus four point two seven for Gainwell. And and Gainwell's a He's a good back. He's a shifty guy. He is. He's pretty slight though when you see him, and that's um, that's the one thing. If he if he was to bulk up, maybe I I, I would think, hey, yeah, this guy could maybe handle a, a little bit bigger of a load, and he could end up you know grabbing the reins there because it is a wide wide open competition like you mentioned. But I think Sanders offers just a little bit more size. I don't, and Sanders isn't a big guy either. But I, I think he's just a little bit thicker, a little bit more well built um, for in between the tackles type of running. Um, so I, both guys are big play type of guys as well. So so they are a, a bit interchangeable. I just think Sanders has a slight edge as far as size goes. But anything could happen. I, I well, really do think that in this. Um, so I'm not going to totally discount that. Um, right. Anything could happen in this competition. If one guy gets hot, they might just ride him for a few games and, and see how it goes. And, and who knows? Uh, but I personally, I would put my chips in the Miles Sanders staying healthy basket more so than the, the Kenneth Gainwell kind of running away with it uh, basket. No, I get you. And if I if I had to pay the same price for both, yeah, I would rather have Miles Sanders but I have to take him 70 spots earlier uh, all the way up at 101 versus 172. Um, so that's the difference for me is I, I'm getting a huge discount on where I have to take one player. I have to take one you know, around the ninth round, eighth round, 10th round, somewhere in there, whereas the other guy I'm taking around like 15, 16 uh, in there. So uh, for right. me, the discount right. on the price, that's why I would that's why I would be more in on Gainwell and take the shot there than I would be feeling comfortable about Miles Sanders, you know, six, seven yeah. rounds. And that there. and that's, you know, if you're a zero RB type of guy, obviously he's gonna be the guy for you. If you're a best ball type of, of player as well, Kenneth Gainwell, because he's gonna have some big games, I think. Sure. So I think both those both of those things, uh, you know, if you're in either one of those formats or or you're using that draft strategy, I think Kenneth Gainwell is definitely the guy for you. Um, I'm not I'm not sure exactly what point Miles Sanders, I think for me, would feel like a value. Yeah. But I I'm guessing I probably won't like if I start if I did a bunch of startups this year, I probably wouldn't have many Miles Sanders shares just yeah. because he's he he's is in too much of an awkward situation for me to like really rely on him i would get him you know is it the seventh eighth round something like that and feel okay about it right that's kind of where i'm looking um for a guy like miles sanders but likely he'll probably go a couple of rounds before i'm willing to take him sure all right matt who's um, your next guy 
What? What about Rich? Rich? What Rich? You, Rich? Who's your diamond in the rough? Rich? 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 <laughs> no? No, Rich? And, and we're back. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. We'll just move on without Rich. I wish we had the bobblehead to make fun of him a little bit. That would least, be nice. The big old show uh, him. elf bobblehead. Yeah. I got a few tiny ones. I could probably just get it real close to the camera and it would look it, big. It'll look like Rich. Uh, <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, my next guy is I'm going to go, I'm going to dip into the running back market as well. And a guy that's actually really close as far as ADP um, to Kenneth Gainwell as well. And I'm going to go Khalil Herbert. Right now, I am on, on sleeper as a having 169 as the ADP um, running back 50, I think one. He's moved up right a little that. bit since then, still running back 51. Um, now getting taken at 167, so not much of a difference. Okay, okay, yeah, just creeping up a little bit, but uh, and and this one's gonna be based off just opportunity at some point. I mean, just just the nature of the beast and what he did with his opportunity last year. So last year, David Montgomery missed four games. I think it was a knee injury. Um, and in those games, uh, Khalil Herbert was running back 18. The first game, you can almost kind of chuck it out the window because it was uh, Damian Williams and him splitting like basically 50-50. In that game, Damian Williams got injured. So the next two games, was it was all Khalil Herbert. And in those two games, he ended up, uh, I think he finished as running back eight overall. So, I mean, a huge boost. And he was really sure. doing it through the, through the air and on the ground, he was an all-around back. I mean, and he's got the stature for it. He was a guy that we liked um, in the in the pre-draft process. He's he's got the good size. He's around five nine, two hundred and twelve pounds. He can catch passes out of the backfield. It wasn't something he did a ton in college. I think he his senior year only had like ten receptions, and that was right. his kind of big year. He played four years at Kansas and then transferred to right. Virginia Three Tech and, and balled out. Um, he only had 10 receptions his senior year, but last year in, you know, obviously a much reduced role because David Montgomery was chewing up most of the stuff for most of the year. He got, he already got 14 passes. So they've shown a willingness to pass to him and he's shown a willing, you know, an ability to catch it and, and do some stuff with it. So I like him this year as a guy that doesn't have anyone behind him of, of real skill. So if anything happens to David Montgomery, and I think there's only been, had his numbers somewhere. There haven't been many years where, you know, a running back plays all all 17 games now. It's right. just a it's a high turnover type of position, a high injury risk um, type of position. If he was to get a stretch, a six game stretch, an eight game stretch where he is the man, that is that's stuff where you're you're patching a big time hole on your team. And if it's in the playoffs, he's a guy that you could end up riding to a championship with those numbers. He was putting up 18, 19 points a game in that two. I know it's a small sample size. I know it's hard to extrapolate, you know, sure. that to over a full season. But when you like a player's tape and then when they go and actually have a full time role, they perform, those are the kind of guys that I want to take a shot on. And at, you know, this late in the draft, 169, I'm definitely willing to take that, that gamble. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't mind Herbert uh, at all. I It's a guy that when I've had the opportunity, I've been willing to take. I have Gainwell a little bit ahead of him just because I see David Montgomery as a much more steady piece than I do Miles Sanders. So I think there's a little bit more upside, but you're absolutely right. If there's injury, you know, then he's, he's, he's off and running. So I, I think that there's a really good opportunity for him there. Uh, and 
you know, the the receiving opportunity, I think, is really good as well, especially with we had kind of assumed Tariq Cohen would finally be back. Well, the poor guy then, you know, ruptures his Achilles <laughs> yeah, right after. Rough. It's just I feel terrible for the guy. Um, but uh, so he has that that receiving opportunity once again. And it, this is a passing offense that doesn't have a ton of weapons. The only real weapon as far as receivers go last year was Darnell Mooney, who will be back, and, and Allen Robinson, who is not back. So they're they're right. trying to replace that with you know Valus Jones and uh, Byron Pringle and Equinemia St. Brown and just a a bunch of you know retread type of players. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if there were some opportunities where he gets flexed out a little bit using the slot. So and that would absolutely increase his value. So I like it. Khalil Herbert, I think, is a good gem late in drafts. I can't um, let you I can't let you go on this one yet because you just mentioned all these pass catching options and you did not mention your boy Cole Komet. You like you got a strike against you for that. Man. You had a perfect opportunity. It was a I layup. Was, I was trying really hard to not be as annoying about Cole Komet as I know I can be. Uh your your professional basketball that was going through the warm up drill and you just bricked a layup. I just bricked and a layup. I, and, all, everyone was watching, by the way. So you, you're going to have to live with that the rest of the show. <laughs> cool just make I'm up really for it. Sorry. Just, I just want just you to know that I care about you, <laughs> that I think you're a great player, and I think you're going to lead me to fantasy success this year. Hallelujah, man. Okay. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, my next player is uh, this one was this one was an interesting one, uh, and it was partly because. I mean, there are players that are free, and then there are players that are free. Uh, and this guy is being taken at pick 203. So we're in the Ooh. 200s now. Wide receiver, 80. So oh. at this point, I mean, you could say almost any name, and it's like, okay, sure. Yep, uh, I'll take him. But this is actually a player that has a chance to be the wide receiver one on their team this year. And that's Who Devontae, is this, Matt? Devontae Parker. Devontae oh. Parker is now a New England Patriot. He has been with the Miami Dolphins for uh, all of his career up until this point. Now, let's not forget in 2019, just a few seasons ago, he was actually wide receiver 11 overall. So we know that he has the ability to be able to perform, but he does something a little bit different than a lot of the other receivers that are currently in this offense. We have Kendrick Bourne. We have Jacoby Myers. These are more field stretchers, speed, uh, you know, a little slighter maybe. Devontae Parker is your more traditional X receiver. And I've, I've heard things, I've heard whispers, I've heard rumors that they would like to open it up with Mac Jones a little more this year and maybe not hold him back so much. And it would actually make sense based on uh, the switching offensive coordinators. Now, it's not it's not been named officially who the offensive coordinator is, uh, but many believe that Joe Judge is going to be heavily involved in the decision-making on offense, and obviously Bill Belichick will be involved with that as well. Um, and if that's is, is true... It not, it's not Matt Patricia? Matt, well, <laughs> rumor is that Matt Patricia could even be involved as well. Who knows? I know. He's supposed to be the defensive yeah. guy, but you never... You, nothing ever surprises me in New England. Uh, but I don't, if it, I don't even know what to, th I don't know what to think about any of this, right? Like, what, like it's three guys that have no offensive background, right? Right. These are most judge, ju 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 ju
Yeah, Judge was a special team guy. Bill Belichick, obviously defense. Patricia, obviously defense. And they're just going to, eh, we'll piece it together. It's going to be fun. <laughs> It'll be fun. So I'm a little I'm a little interested to see how this one works out. I know. I would have liked a little more quarterback specialized guy uh, in there for the young Mac Jones. Uh, but under Joe Judge, last year, the Giants were actually ninth in neutral pass rate at around 60%. Uh, whereas last year under Josh McDaniels, who's, Great offensive coordinator, but we know that he loves to run the football. They were 26th at 64%. So that tells me in neutral opportunities, they might be looking to open it up a little bit more, air it out a little bit more, uh, be able to take some shots downfield. And yes, that could still be to Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne, but I really think that we could see Devontae Parker resume his role as kind of that X receiver, that big-bodied alpha-type guy. And we could even see some some increased red zone looks, different things like that. So at ADP 203, wide receiver 80 overall, to even have a shot at a team's wide receiver one, I think is definitely worth worth your bang, uh, worth your bang, worth the bang for your buck. Sure. It's worth the bang for your buck, indeed. Yeah. Um, and it's <laughs> worth your bang. Bang. It's worth oh, bang, your bang. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> um, no, I. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I've always liked Devontae Parker somewhere in the back of my mind, but he does have issues staying on the field. So we'll have to see how this one plays out. But for a guy, like you said, that has the upside to potentially be the number one option here, I mean, that's huge for a guy that's going in the 200s for the ADP. So I, I'm, I'm with you as far as this guy's free 99 and you should go pick yourself up some. Um, and... I, I who know I'm very skeptical. Uh, I'm skept, skeptical, skeptical about the offense in general going into this season sure. there in New England. It just it just seems like if they just even had an offensive guy that was going to be running the offense, right. I would feel a lot better about it. Um, but it seems like they've got this trifecta of defensive guys heading up the offense, which just feels so weird to me. It, it um, is rather odd, but at this point, we're we're simply there's no point in taking safe players at this point. Right, because the safe guys, right. it's like, oh, they're guaranteed to get me four points and with a ceiling of five. You know, like, yeah. what, what's the right. point on that? So, so we're taking the big swings. Devonte Parker is that big swing. I like that swing. Um, I for, I think we forgot to mention on the, at the top of the show the the news that broke today. I figured we could take a little break here and and break some news, right? All right, with, go right um, ahead, my friend. With Gronkowski, he's retiring. What do you what do you think about that? Um, yeah, so, obviously. It definitely leaves things wide open for a guy like Cameron Brait. Uh, we know OJ Howard is is gone, uh, so he's he's with the Buffalo Bills. Leaves things wide open for Cameron Brait, but also Kate Otten, uh, the rookie Otten. that they drafted. Yeah. That makes that very interesting. I I highly doubt he plays a ton this year because Tom Brady traditionally is a guy that likes to rely more on those veterans, the guys that know the offense. So that screams Cameron Brait to me. And so I think you know if you're looking this year as a, a you know a dark horse tight end to really get you some good production i think he could absolutely be that guy but but long term this really does open things up for kate Otten, and i'd be interested to see you know what what the, how they use him this season and and correct me if i'm wrong and maybe you don't know the answer but kate off kate Otten wasn't he injured at the end of the year That's um, a good question i, I, I actually don't remember 
Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll look it up kind of as we go along in the show, but I feel like he didn't participate in anything um, in the offseason type of stuff. I, I don't remember was, seeing him in the drills and stuff. Yeah. I, I feel like that's the thing. So he might be still um, a little bit slow to come along, but I, I do like Kate Otten. We li- I like his tape an awful lot. Yeah, tape, and yep. yeah, um, I, I think he could be a guy that surprises uh, later, later on in the season if he gets himself established and kind of on the field. Because I, I think he's probably... He probably offers a little bit more juice than a guy like Cameron Brait. Um, so interesting guy, I guess, to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Um, uh, and I want to make sure before we get to our last two guys, I mentioned FFPC. FFPC, mm-hmm. we've mm-hmm. talked about them uh, a decent amount because we, we integrate them into the GM tool. So if you're in an FFPC league, you can actually look your team up on the GM tool see where you're strong, see where you're weak, all of that kind of stuff. Launched in 2010, it is the home of the largest high-stakes dynasty league community in fantasy football. Over 1,000 active leagues currently running with new startups forming daily at $77 entries all the way up to $2,500 entry teams. It's good Ballers. money. You could, you could win some real, real money. Uh, Dang. Various league scoring uh, variations are available, including best ball, super flex, unique tri-flex format with large rosters and no kickers or defenses. Get those guys out of here. Kickers are is not the tri- people. The tri-flex, is that when you do your triceps and you flex? Yeah. Or what is that? What, 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 <laughs> oh what one is that? Uh, I, yeah, I, I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's what I'm going to assume. So you have to take shirtless picks in order to be in that league. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty confident in that. Uh, FFPC <laughs> leagues are active year-round as renewals and trading begin shortly after fantasy playoffs wrap up. Not a single FFPC, not one, not a single not FFPC one. Dynasty League has ever folded due to our deposit system. There's a high retention rate and an extremely active orphan process. You can get any there. FFPC is a licensed fantasy game operator, so all prizes are protected and paid promptly upon conclusion of the season. Go to myffpc.com. Yes, that's myffpc.com. Enter promo code NERDS on the page for $35 off any new FFP startup, which is beautiful because you could get a $77 entry and get $35 off. That's, That's almost half, Matt. Almost half. You uh, are very good at math. It is it is almost half. Almost half. Not, I feel not like if I later. say almost, I couldn't get away with a lot. Like it, it yeah. widens the range. I didn't have to say exactly how much then. I just said, right. you know, almost. Roughly. It is almost time. half. Yeah. All right. So, Matt, who is your last guy that you want to talk about as a diamond in the rough? My final player is similarly very very late and basically free okay um it's gonna be i'm dipping back i'm dipping my toes back in the running back waters and i'm gonna go for eno benjamin right now he's coming off as correct me if i'm wrong because this one was kind of goofy 266 um as far as the adp on on sleeper which is around running back 77 which to me is just oh my gosh um and the reason yeah, I mean, he's a 23-year-old running back. He came out of school early. He only played three years there at Arizona. Um, and 
not you know not the biggest back, but with Chase Edmonds leaving, there is a role there. I think for a pass catching type of back to go along with James Conner and you know Benjamin's kind of a shoe in for that type of guy. But I guess more importantly is what we've been hearing out of the coach's mouth so far this offseason. And Cliff Kingsbury has already come out and said he looks like a starting running back. That is like a that's a quote right from him. Mm-hmm. And and obviously you know you combine that with the fact that Chase Edmonds left. And some of the comments that the coaching staff was making towards the end of last year, talking about needing to reduce James Conner's role a little bit be so you, to keep him fresh. And there's going to be a nice little, I think, change of pace slash 1A, 1B thing, thing going on here um, that no one's really talking about. And, you know, everyone is all about James Conner, and rightfully so. He did well with his opportunity last year and looks like a great fit in that offense. But I think th- I think there's a little bit of room. It probably won't be a one A and one B type of thing. It's going to be a one and two type of situation. But sure. Eno could be that number two guy. He can catch passes out of the backfield. His last year at Arizona, he caught 42 passes, 347 yards, and and two touchdowns. Just in just you know that's just the receiving portion of it. He also had a, a thousand yards rushing. So he can be a guy uh, that can kind of do a little bit of between the tackle stuff and catch passes out of the backfield. I think Eno Benjamin especially for a guy, you know, backing up a guy like uh, uh, James Conner, who's missed games every single season. He hasn't played one single full season. The closest thing he came was last year, actually, when he when he had 15 games. Um, he's going to get an opportunity at some point. He's going to be able to – he's going to be in that, I guess, a larger role. I don't know that he'll be in a starting role ever, sure. but with with the coach's comments – he looks like a starting running back. Who knows? I mean, it could be it could be a guy. This could be a guy that comes out of nowhere towards the end of the season or the middle of the season due to injury, and you're able to start him for whatever stretch James Conner is out. And, and at two sixty six, you you can you can do a lot worse. How about that? Absolutely. Um, he has snuck up a hair. He's up to two fifty five now. Uh, running back seventy eight, but still, um, there's there's virtually no difference there at that point that late in the draft. Um, do you worry about Daryl Williams at all right now? Currently our lads has Daryl Williams ranked as the, or, or on the death chart as the number two. Now we know that doesn't mean much. Those aren't official uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Does he worry you at all or not really? I mean, I think he did okay there in Kansas city, right? But they weren't like clamoring to um, resign him. They, they were given another guy an opportunity. I think, I think that was more about CEH maybe being a little dinged up and, and not really being up fully 100% is why he got an opportunity there in Kansas City but they didn't they didn't sign him. I think I think Williams is a backup quality running back and you know Benjamin might be a backup running back but you know with with what uh Cliff Kingsbury I can never say that without stumbling over that Cliff Kingsbury is saying who knows maybe he'll get a, a little bit larger of an opportunity. Yeah, makes sense. Uh I I remember watching him and uh, two 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 seasons ago, or was that last year's class? No, two years ago. And uh, I remember watching him, and and I liked what I saw. Uh, I thought he was a little overhyped because coming into the draft, people were talking about him as you know, is he one of the top five backs in class? If not, is he pretty close? And you know, a lot of people were talking round three, round four. Well, they ended up falling all the way to round six, mm-hmm. which I think is about right. Uh, but it, as far as a, a shifty, quick. Uh, player he can make guys miss in the open field and that was always one of his best attributes as a runner there at Arizona State or not Arizona State Arizona uh, so 
I do like Eno Benjamin. I think there is some upside there. Uh, and at this point, why not take a shot on the young running back? All right, last but not least, Matt, I know you are a big Donald Parham fan. Uh, Ooh, yeah. However, currently we're expecting Gerald Everett to be the starting tight end there. And we have to go down to ADP of 211, tight end 27, in order to get our hands on Gerald Everett. So he is very, very inexpensive. Ooh. Now, last year, Jared Cook was the starting tight end. Um, I feel like Jared Cook has started for almost every team in the NFL at one point or another. <laughs> um, but last like year, yeah, last year he was in uh, LA with the Chargers and he was targeted a shockingly high 83 times, mm-hmm. which it seems like a lot. Um, and so Gerald Everett coming in, uh, we, we know Donald Parham is still going to get some. Uh, I like Trey McKitty a little bit too. So, I mean, they have other options, but they brought. Sorry. (laughs) I'm going to try not to be creeped out. Um, They brought almost as good as your Andy Dolphin noise. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Nothing uh, will beat that. I don't know what you're talking about. That That, that might be be your all-time best uh, nerds moment, honestly. Yeah, it could be. That was pretty great. Um, But looking at Gerald Everett, he only had 63 targets last year for Seattle, and, and obviously the Chargers offense is much more high-octane, high-volume uh, opportunity there with that. They're not running the ball nearly as much. They want to chuck it down the field, especially considering the, the offenses that are in that division right now. It's, it's going to be a free-for-all. So I want all of the AFC West just because I think it's going to be such high-scoring games. Uh, but if you were to upgrade his targets to 83 – and extrapolate all of his stats to what that would look like, that would have put him last year at 60 receptions, 53 yards, five touchdowns, which 53. would put 53 yards? Sorry, 593. I skipped there the There we nine. go. That's all right. The nine I, knew, I, knew, I knew something wasn't right. He's going to be really good. 53 yards, guys. <laughs> you extrapolate. I mean, that's not what he started with. But You don't want to blow anything out of proportion. You know, right, stats, right. You can, you can tell a lot of stories with stats. But <laughs> he's averaging less than a yard per reception. Uh, uh, no, 60 receptions, 553 yards, and five touchdowns. That would put him roughly on the fringe of that tight end one range. Uh, right there where Pat Fryermuth finished last year, real close to Noah Fant. So, like, that's the kind of range. Now, that's still nothing like, oh, my goodness, I have to get the, the tight end 13 on my roster right now. No, not necessarily. But you need depth at the tight end position because nothing is worse than going into your, your semifinals or championship week and Travis Kelsey going down or Mark Andrews going down or whoever it is. You need depth at guys that are going to get some targets, that are going to get receptions, that can at least not kill you at the position. Because that's the hard part is some of these guys are really boom bust based on tight ends or based on touchdowns. I don't think it's going to be as much the touchdowns with him. I could see him getting anywhere from four to seven, um, but I don't think he's he's ever going to threaten that you know eight, nine, ten range at, at, um, at touchdowns. But I think the receptions, I think he's going to be solid getting you three to four receptions a week 30 to 40 yards a week, getting you that safe seven or eight points, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but in those situations, you're trying to not get two points out of your tight end position. I think he's that type of player that you can obviously get crazy, crazy cheap 
is still the currently the starter for his team. And I think he's going to be safe on a targets and receptions perspective. Yeah, don't give him any touchdowns. They're all going to Donald. All to Donald. My, my chicken parm is going to be slam dunking in the end zone <laughs> 10 to 15 times. So, I mean, just give zero to conservatively, conservatively, conservatively speaking. So, of course. so he'll, so that means Everett will have 53 yards and <laughs> Donald Parm will have 53 touchdowns. Well, he'll only have 53 yards as well, but to go <laughs> along with at least 20 touchdowns. There so, yeah, go. it's going to be a, a little bit of a, uh, a timeshare there. I, I mean, I, I like, I like what you're saying here. Cause I mean, obviously it's hard to, it's hard to say exactly what's going to happen. Um, you would think Everett is probably going to get some kind of boost. Although I don't know, maybe in the past his teams didn't, I mean, maybe his production didn't really warrant it. Who knows? Because he's had pretty consistently 63, 62, 61, and 51 targets going back the, the last four years in a row. So, I mean, we'll see if he makes that jump here. It's a change of scenery. It's a new, it's a new situation. So it, it very well could be, um, I'm going to lean towards the, the massive six foot eight guy instead of, um, Gerald Everett, who's I think closer to six, two, six, three. Yeah. He's um, more in that Irv Smith and, you know, those guys, uh, Evan Ingram, that type. Of right. Role. Right. Um, but this offense is is such a mystery. Obviously, you know, losing um, uh, Russell Wilson is it's going to be huge. It's going to be wait. It's going to be. It's going to be. You're trying to put him back in Seattle. I'm trying to put him back in Seattle. He's, he's with the be, Chargers. He's yeah. My bad. My bad. I'm trying to put him back in, with, with with the Seahawks. That was my fault. Um, I caught myself though. At least I was you like, did. wait, that's like, wait, that's, that's not, not right. right. That was last year. Um, he's he's with a good quarterback. He's he's with um he's 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 with. Uh, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert now, and and but there are a lot of weapons, I guess, uh, to go around. So we'll we'll see if he makes the jump or if it's more of the same from Gerald Everett uh, going into this new situation here in LA. All right, well that wraps things up for our diamonds in the rough episode, guys. With an ADP after that one fifty mark, Matt and I are going to be back. We are actually back for the nerd herd. We asked mm-hmm. the nerd herd early today. Said, give us some trades. And I made sure to, to specify, like, if there's more than four pieces on either side. We're not even looking at it. So I made sure that we didn't get any of those, like, ridiculous ones. Uh, those ones, you got to start writing them down in the middle of it to figure out what's on each side. Those right. are hard. Those even are even hard four is pushing up. it, honestly. Four on each side is right. even pushing it. Um, right. I'm, I'm going to lean towards that three or fewer. But uh, with all of that, uh, we are done here. Hopefully, we will be back next week. Actually, we still won't be at full strength. We won't be be on vacation. I will be on vacation. I will not be there. So So basically next week, I will be here by myself uh, (laughs) doing the Dynasty Nerds podcast. The way way this thing is trending, you might be, man. Who knows? Last man standing. (laughs) Uh, All right. Anything else from you, Matt? No, I'm good, man. All right. We'll see you guys in the Nerd Nerd episode. Adios.